In the Torah, when you study the creation of the world, the Bria, the Rajas, man was created. Great. After the creation of man, the world is finished, and man is here, and the great man was here, the man with his full stature, his full spiritual stature. It says, Loi toif hayois adam levadam. It says a very penetrative statement about this man, about his nature. Loi toif. It is not good for man to be alone. This not goodness has to be understood. You can't understand it, and I don't mean to be facetious, in a pragmatic sense, it's not good for man to be alone. There's no one to, uh, to, to, to cook for him. There's no one to take care of his material needs. This is amharatsis, this is ignorance, this is the, the crudeness and rudeness. This is not what it means. Loi toiv heyois odom levadoi means what the Gemara in Yevamis says about marriage. Loi toiv heyois levadoi means that this mysterious, fantastic creature called man was incomplete. He was totally incomplete. He was levadoi, alone. There was, there was a basic, there was a primary chesor and a lack of completion in men, in the stature of men. He was alone. And the Gemara says in Yevamis, speaking about Marriage, the Gemara says that a person ain't a nikre odom. That a person who is not married, a man who is not married, he is not called man. What do you mean? It's not called. He's not. He's not called odom. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, uh, he's not a man. I mean, she's not a woman. What does that? What does that all mean? The Gemara says there he is not. He he. There is a lack. There is there is an inner there's an inner lack in his whole there's a lack in his whole psyche. There's an inner lack. It's like it, it, it's like you you see a person and a person is born without a hand. He can be the most beautiful person in the world, but he's a chosa. The Gemara says that. And in the creation of man, in the creation of man, that that levadoi means he was totally unfinished. And levadoi was a description of every aspect of his being. It just it wasn't one. Now, with with what we see in the Torah. What we see in the Torah is that with the advent, with the arrival of the creation of, of woman, there was a totality. 
I don't know what the totality is. Maybe I do. But now is not the time we're learning about filler. We're learning about filler. We're learning about prayer. So now is not the time what the totality was, but one thing we see clearly, and one thing we can safely say, was that the Shlemus Ha'odom was with the creation of woman. So we can say about femininity, and there's something to think about here, is that in femininity there was the completion, I'm not, when I speak about Masculinity and femininity about Adam the Chav, about Ish Ish, I'm not talking about two people. In my mind, it's not two people. And I don't mean to be poetic and I don't mean to be literary. I mean to be precise. I'm speaking about one entity. A man and a woman can live in a palace that has a hundred rooms and she could live on the top floor or on the bottom floor, wherever you want to place her. And he can live on the other end. And if there's the relationship between them, that there's a singular entity that exists. But... But what we do see in the Torah is, what the Torah teaches us, and what's plain, what, what is visible is, that the act of completion, the fruition of the stature of man was with the arrival of Chave, of En Kol Chai, of the Isha of femininity on the scene. There is something in femininity, and listen, there's a lot of talk parenthetically, there is a lot of talk, you know, women, men, just like that there is insanity in our whole society today. There is insanity in the role of the man, in the role of the woman. I don't know if a man is a man anymore. I don't know if a woman is a woman anymore. I don't know what's what. But I'm talking about what we see in the Torah. In the Torah, it becomes clear, and in the Gemara, it is, it's, it's, it's plainly visible that there's something in femininity which is a discussion for another time, which is called Shlemus. She, there was a lack in the Tzura Sodom, and the Shlemus of the Tzura Sodom came about through Ein Kol Chai, through the arrival of Chava, of the woman. And we can, without, without stretching our imagination, without without, uh, you know, being abstract, but just learning the Chumash, you could see and you can say as a cardinal principle in Torah thinking is that femininity is the Shlemus of Tzulah Sa'adah. Now, we're not talking about laundry, and we're not talking about cooking, and we're not talking about nothing. Nothing that expresses itself in the pragmatic. We're talking right now is, in the Torah, we're learning a Pasuk Chumash what does masculinity mean and what does femininity mean? Femininity in the Torah is the completion of Surah Sa'adah. To me, this is maximally clear. And it's good to know and to think about it. You can think about it yourself. You know, we don't know what femininity is. We don't know the role of a woman. I mean, the deeper psychological, in the, the psychology of Kedusha, in the psychology of Emes, which is not the practical psychology that you study in school. In, in, in the thinking of Kedushin, the thinking of Emes, we want to define what is man, what is woman. This is obvious, that woman, femininity, is the Shlemus of Tzolos You can have a person, he can be the brightest, the greatest, the, all the talents in the world. He's without his zivuk, 
there's no, he, he lacks shlemus. That's plain from the Chumash and from the Gemara. If this is so, and to me it's, I'm quite sure that this is so, we understand what filler is all about. A new, to my mind, I, I haven't for a long time seen such a you know, new, you know, it's so fresh to my mind what tefillah is all about, what prayer is all about. And why was it necessary for the Gemara, our original question, to extract and, de- and derive the cardinal principles of tefillah from a woman, from Hannah? Why was it necessary? This is not a fortuitous accident. They didn't want to bestow any prestige and honor upon Hannah. That's all nonsense and ignorance. It's a precise choice of eternal truth. Why did the Gemaras learn out the Yedinim from Hannah? Because it could be only from a woman that you could learn who has Why? Because what femininity is to masculinity, the shlemus of the Tzuras Adam, so is tefillah to each human being. It's the shlemus of a human being. Let me explain a little more. What is tefillah? And it could only emanate from femininity and only from Chana. What is tefillah? And we'll understand a lot of things about Philip. You know, Philip, you say in English, prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. It's a Goisha word, it's a secular word. It means nothing. And the science of Lashna Kodesh, you begin to understand things. Philip, the word Philip. The word Philip means. One of the meanings of the word Philip, from an etymological point of view, means attached, connected. There is a Gemara in Chagige. When you want to make a series, a series of sacrifices of Karbonis, which are all, the whole series attached to the first one, which is a Karbon Chagige. So there's a procedure of attaching Karbonis to put them under one umbrella head. So the name for it is Teuflin. Same spelling, Teuflin, Toph, Vav, Fe, Lamit, Yudnu. When you want to say that a cover is attached to a jar, it's called, it's a Tzomit puzzle. A cover which is attached. Good. So it comes clear to us that the word filler for prayer means to be attached. What attached to what? What are, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? In order to understand this, I must quote you another Gemara. The Gemara says about the experience of tefillah, the Gemara says in Brachas that Chesidim HaRishonim, the pious men of previous generations, and it's brought down in our Shulchan too, and I used to see real, real saturated Jews do this, they used to sit and shoyan means to meditate. An hour before they pray, they were mispaul. The whole shoyan shachas achat filler, and they and they and they waited an hour after they died. 
It, this was a daily procedure, three times a day. It was nine hours a day. So the Gemara asked the question, if they davened nine hours a day, so when did they learn? The Gemara asked this question. It was a very real experience. If they waited an hour, and they were mispalal an hour, and they waited an hour afterwards, so that's nine hours a day. So, very interesting. We'll come to it. What is all this waiting business? And what is it? And it says in Shulchan Aruch by us that a person should not fall into tefillah. You know, you fall into shul and fall out of shul. It says a person should prepare himself beforehand. And afterwards, he shouldn't run out of shul. He should wait a while. He should sit down. I used to watch uh, all the Jews that were, they always used to sit down before they left. When they had their talus and film and their coat and hat on, already leave to leave the shul, they would sit down a few minutes and they would say certain psukim and then they would get up and they would leave the shul. What does it mean that tefillah needs to be attached? A child goes out into the street, older child going myself, the mother says to the child, be careful. Watch how you cross the street. As the mother is ordering, telling the child, traffic. Mother says to the child, go to school, be careful, behave yourself, don't get into trouble. We are aware of certain things. A person's attention has to be focused to certain things. This we tell children. To live in Olam Chaza, we forget, you see, is normative living. Normal, everyday life, patterns, paradigms. Normal normal living. But what we forget is, what we forget is, and especially in our culture, where life is at such a rapid pace, that man is constantly acted upon. He's constantly exposed to influences. He's constantly exposed. And with the media today, with the media today, you read the paper, there's this story which puts something in your head, and there's another story, there's another shocking thing, there's another terrifying thing, another interesting thing, and then there's this advertisement, and there's this sale, and, and there's this big, big bargain sale there, and then you have to run there. Man is today, the truth of the matter is that each person is today constantly bombarded. He's showered with bombs each day with impressions that are moving him here, that are moving his, the internal core of his being, that are, he's constantly being acted upon. And, 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 I, and, and, it, and, and I don't think we have the strength to sit down and try and figure out how many different pressures are falling on a person each day. Each day. Uh, the pressures of the house, the pressures of the children, the pressures of the husband, the pressures of the society, the pressures of the needs, the pressures of the weaknesses that each individual has, the shortcomings that we are all weak. And we forget that we're, we're being pressurized. And to be pressurized means to be pushed. And to be pushed means to be pushed someplace away from something. They have the insane, the insane cultural fashions. 
a fashion. I told someone this week the power of a fashion. I'm not talking about the fashion of clothing or the fashion of external fashions. The fashions of the culture can take a person and tell them it's fashionable to kill another person. If you read about the psychology of war, of life in an army during war, and I spoke, we had a, in the yeshiva a fellow who was uh, like a captain in the helicopters in Vietnam. He told me it becomes fashionable to kill. People who could never kill. You forget who you are and you kill people. You can kill a father of, of a family of children just because it's a fashion. And you wouldn't even think two minutes. Person, the power of a fashion, and do we know why? I know a fellow, I tell you, I know his income infinitely, his salary is higher than $75,000 a year. It's a nice salary. I spoke to him, in fact, last night, he's in a bad mood. Why is he in a bad mood? A man like that to be in a bad mood, why? His family, kids, nice. The business situation is such, it's a little complex now, he can't go now on his midwinter vacation. So he doesn't mind it, but the pressure of all the houses around him on his street, this lawyer went away already, the doctor went away already, the other businessman went away already, him and his wife are depressed. They're not being able to keep up with the proverbial Joneses. The man is depressed. He's an intelligent person. And I had to spend time to cheer him up. What's the matter? What's the matter with you? You're making the same salary. Everybody's going to come back with the tear and this and going to tell stories. And he didn't go away. And a chunk of his life, of his happiness, and this is a reality, a chunk of his and her happiness are missing. These people are walking around in, 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 in this world where we have such significant things to do, he's unhappy. What is he unhappy about? Because this year, right now, in January, February, March, he'll be able to go away. But March, it's not fashionable. That's not the, that's not the, 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 the cool thing to do. So he's unhappy. He's being manipulated. Now, there is a mitzvah say of tefillah. The Torah commands a person to pray. What is prayer? If you learn the Siddha, you will see that the word filler to attach means to attach yourself to the ultimate basic, basic lifelines of what a human being is all about. That's filler. Filler takes a person who is floating around on a sea of, of forces. A man who says in Shemin the brach of Atachoinen, a man or a woman who says Atachoinen Adam Das, and then says Hashidenu Avinu Sarasecho VeKarvenu Malkenu LaVoydesecho VaChazirenu B'Sushuva Shleimu Fanecho Baruch Ata Hashem Aroitz B'Sushuva, says it with the purity. With, with I'm not talking an, an unusual amount of purity of heart, but with a normal see of heart, with a kavana and and, and 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 a normal amount of intentions. Cannot be unhappy because they didn't go on a vacation in the middle of the winter. They can't be. It's only a person who is unattached and is floating on pressures, who's floating on a tempestuous sea, throwing him here and throwing him there and throwing him to the other thing. I cannot, 
I cannot tell you how low society has sunk. You know, we're not talking, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, uh, about the degenerates of society. I'm not talking about the mentally perverted people of society. What my ears hear, I feel like wearing a sackcloth and ashes on my head the whole time. I should have to tell a Jewish mother the things that with Jewish children, religious homes, with daughters, with sons, what, what's going on. Uh, you know, things they say to me, things I, I feel like I'm crazy. I tell you, if it wouldn't be for the yeshiva, wouldn't be for the seminary, I would run away someplace and hide. I wouldn't want to, in a basement, in a place, I wouldn't want to see anybody. It's crazy. A boy and a girl come to me Thursday night. Boy walks in and he went to Yeshiva and she went to Yeshiva. They live now in Mexico. If you if you get the picture, you know how how cool it is to live in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. Boy walks in, his shirt is open down till here. A gentle boy. A gentle boy. A bright boy. I look at him. And I just look at him, I say to myself. I don't know where I am. You know, he sits, his whole shirt is open. He doesn't even feel that there's something vulgar about it. Something crass. You come in. To, look, you don't know me. I know I'm nothing. But you you see a Jew, you know, with a big black hat, with a beard, you know, with a long <laughs> coat. You come into an office with holy books. You come in. I say, you don't have any feeling. You don't... You don't you think it is an external thing? Comes with the girl, he's living with her. The father, the father tells me, oh, no, you're no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're sick. We're sick. I get on a plane. And, you know, I take a magazine on the plane and did this. And they're writing up, you know, you should excuse me, I don't want to make be a news commentator, this, this Hearst girl. So they're writing up before this whole thing happened, how she was living with this boy. Living? So what does living mean? I don't know where I am. I, listen, I'm not a Victorian. I want to know where in the world. And they write up with such poetry, with such poetic, it's so poetic. And how, how homey, lovey, dovey, mubby, dovey. I swear. I could swear to you they don't know what love is. I could swear to you. We're not allowed to swear. I could swear to you that they don't know the beginning. They didn't see the beginnings of what love is. We're crazy. We're crazy. I wasn't on a college campus for years and years and years. And I had a few years ago, a few years ago yet, I had an occasion to visit somebody on a college campus and I was standing in the lobby. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where I was. Just to me, I, I never saw a psychedelic circus. It looked to me something like that prayer takes a person and connects him and cleanses and completes his mind. What is what? I listen to businessmen. I listen to businessmen, intelligent people speak and brag of how they cheated. I listen to the humor 
of men and women, of so-called sophisticated men and women, the humor, the decadence, how removed they are from the basic principles, from the from the shlemus of what a person is. Sure, we move, you go into Lawrence, you'll see homes. In Lawrence, you have to go in, you'll see homes. Lawrence is one of the richest communities in the United States. So a fellow told me he once had to study biology. He was taking biology in college. So he went to study with a boy in a very, this other boy was a bright boy in a very, very, in a mansion in Lawrence. So he describes to me, he comes in the house, the father comes home, first thing is a drink. Mother, a drink. They're not drinking Pepsi. <laughs> a drink. So the boys, so the, you know, so this boy is a young man, a religious boy, so he speaks to the, to the fellow he was studying, the son, he says, they're always, oh, they're always drunk. It's a home. How can you argue with success? A person, every person, we're in such a thing, we're in such a pandemonium, there's, there's such a multiplicity of forces working on us in all history, and especially today, in Tefillah, a person completes himself, comes to his completion of what he is, and connects himself to what he is. You learn through Shimon Esra. Do you know how sick a person is that doesn't say Slachlonu? You think I'm religious. I'm not talking about Frumka. What does Slachlonu mean? Forgive us. Because we've sinned. So if you understand it in a superficial way. So it, it boils down to religiosity. Which is not sophisticated today. But do you know how sick people are that go around without considering their ways, without feeling that they have failures and shortcomings that must be thought about? Sick person. There are people that go through days that they commit murder every day. They'll insult this one and embarrass that one and speak lush and horror about another one, and there's all kinds of Lush and Hala, they'll speak evil about a person that'll kill his career and kill his business. And he goes home at night, and he has an aperitif, you know, goes to a cocktail party, and he goes to sleep. He's sick. That's a distorted human being. He never thinks that he has to make amends. The, the, if you study Tefillah, and you study the Psuki, the Zimra, Holy nafshi is Hashem. Person, a person concentrates and learns what does it mean, you know, my soul. Who, who says my soul? Who thinks about a soul all day? This is the meaning of what we started out with. The Gemara says, Kirum Zulus Yadam, that on the Pasuk in Tehillim, that Philip is the top priority, is ruined. Is the high point of the world, the Zulus the people treat it as if it was nothing. Because a person becomes, his stature becomes, when a person is in his wholeness, in the totality of his, of his dimensions, a, per, a, person's, a person becomes very, very tall. He's, he expands. 
So the Gemara says, Dvor Antfila. The Gemara says, Dvorim Ha'oimdim Berumai Shalayla. These are things that touch the high point of the world. Because that's when a person's when a person is immersed in, in tefillah, he, his dimensions are, are, are his largest. That's nothing. I'll tell you a personal thing. I'm not, maybe I should be jealous, I'm not jealous of anybody who is the biggest Talmud Chacham in the world. Never was jealous. You could show me the biggest genius, the biggest Talmud Chacham in the world. I appreciate it, I honor it, I respect it, I'm the biggest Derech Heretz, it brings me joy, it brings me nachas, to st- even to look at them, to speak to them. I have, no, I have no kin, I have no jealousy. But if you show me somebody who knows how to be mispal and davening, I, I become green with envy. I become green with envy. I was in Williamsburg, in the Chesidisha suit store. Very famous. <laughs> Those that wear these clothing know where this place is. And you step in there, you step back 500 years immediately. And immediately, right over the threshold, it's a place that's a big, huge place, 500 years back there. So I was there, and a man walks in with a short jacket, and the next day his daughter was getting married. So he came in to the, for the wedding, he had a, a silk kaftan, a zidina kaputan, yeah. And there was a line of people. Uh, it was busy. It's always busy there. Me went into a lot of court racks. Me went in after David Mincha, and I was sitting and I was watching him. David Mincha was a businessman. I was astounded. I was green with envy. I was green with envy. I said to myself, I didn't begin to know what David was all about. The man was standing there. He didn't even know that I saw him because he was all the way in there. And I just, like a slant, I moved my chair over a little more, I saw him. The man was standing there. He was, he was so immersed and he was working so hard. I didn't even, he didn't know, no gesticulations, no. I saw him, it was, it was so intense and so honest and so, maybe it was a day before his daughter's wedding. You know, could be, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if he downed every day. But it was to me a work of art. A work of art, it was so, it had so much chayn, so much charm, so much beauty. So much, it was to me an experience. I called my son over and I told him, watch this man davening. Now, if you look in this forum about davening, I just want to tell you two more things. One, one more thing about davening. This that we mentioned that the Gemara said to Philip, they waited an hour before and an hour after. There's an art to davening. Davening begins with, with its, I must say, and I don't want to burden you, with physical exertion. Because we're so out of it. You know, you come, your head is like a merry-go-round, your heart is like a merry-go-round, this is in your head and your heart. That davening requires first simply physical effort. I don't mean you have to shuckle back and forth like a... Uh, it requires it requires a person a person to say I know that this requires work and I must approach this and what's what's the meaning of the pro I must penetrate the outer veils I must penetrate myself to get rid of 
all the all the what they go, what they call the machshava zoris, the strange thoughts, and get into my own core that my own ears should hear when I say the words Shma Kailainu Hashem Aleikainu Chus Verachim Aleinu, I should hear what I'm saying. As we know, it's lips. It's lips. And that's why the Gemara says that people treat it lightly. Because nobody wants to work hard. Nobody, not everybody wants to get serious. Not everybody. <laughs> no, but, you know, we live in a society, we say, let's say, uh, you know, qui est toujours la gay, you know, there was a poem that, you know, Mehidabel uh, the cat in the poem, I don't know if you've read his poems, I forgot his name, uh, Don, U- Don Ucom, uh, a writer in the, in the 40s. Uh, so the cat always used to sing on the fence, toujours la gay, in French. It always has to be happy. <laughs> no, let's not get into any heavy waters. And then the davening is very hard. For a person to put himself, you know, to listen to the words, you know. And it's interesting, you know, we don't have the time to see the different ways Jews daven. These chassidim daven this way. And others dab in a different way. And today it's hard to do. Others dab in another way. And it's, it's you know, the Nuschoyas, which came, which originated by big tzaddik and by big giants, that, that they knew how to dab in, that they, they they had the weapons, how to get into yourself. But that's the difficulty. That's why it's Zulus with Meyada. People, because it's very hard to dab in. Very hard to get up every day, you know. And to take the siddha, you know, with an earnestness, you know, you don't have to move, but you have to, your head has to move. And your heart has to move, and that's very, very hard. But you have to know that davening is the completion of a person's reality. And that's why you learn it out from Chana, because femininity is the shleimus of the tzuras Adam, and tefillah is the shleimus of tzuras Adam. And I want to tell you a very interesting thing. Later, anyway, I'll just tell you one interesting thing. You know the Sefer Tehillim? The Sefer Tehillim, you know about it, the Book of Psalms. The biggest praise that, that there is, David Amalek said about himself, the author of that book, of that Sefer, he said, the Ani Tefillah. He says, I, you want to know what I am? He says, I am Tefillah. Now, I'm going to tell you an interesting thing. The Madrish says, like this, I'm just telling you very quickly, it needs more time, but I can't go without telling you that David Melech really should have not been born. How long did he live? 70 years. Those 70 years were the last were taken from other Mauritian. The Madrish says that the 70 years of David Melech's life were taken from the life of other Mauritian. Now, what does all this mean? It means that David Melech who said on himself that his whole personality is Vanit Fila, I am prayer, that's the Shlemus of Tsuris Sa'adam. That's taken that's that that's taken from the first man who had the total Tsuris Sa'adam. That's where he got his lives, his last Adam's last seventy years, the total, the completion of his life. That was the and, and David Melech said, You wanna know what this is all about? Vanit